Hey there, welcome to the Recovery Playbook, brought to you by the Menninger Clinic, a national leader in mental health and addictions treatment. We're your hosts, Dr. Daryl Shorter. And I'm Ryan Lee. Our goal is to elevate conversation about substance use and addictions for anyone who may be impacted, including family. Our episodes will share real issues and the latest treatments and matters of interest to the recovery community. What's today's playbook topic, Ryan? Our topic today is why, when someone finds recovery, is it sometimes still kind of a dirty little secret? Mm. It's interesting that we bring this up right now because I feel like with social media, with Instagram and TikTok, there is kind of a growing movement of people talking about uh, being in recovery, accessing mental health care, going to addictions treatment, and yet there's still this other side of it where people are hiding and concealing and still living a life in secrecy. Well, I think that continues to be the anchor of stigma. It just drags through society. Um, you know, you look at the civil rights movement in the 60s, the changes that were made. We've seen significant change, of course, but it's still not to a place where, where it should be. And that could be the same thing when it comes to mental health and substance use disorder stigma. We shine a light on it now. I may never ultimately see it come to fruition where somebody goes, that is a disease. Yeah. And we treat it as such. But what are you supposed to do? You're just supposed to, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not changing a thing. So I guess I'm just going to quit. That's right. And so that's, that's the way I approach it. My recovery, my bottom was very pop, was very public. Mm -hmm. So of course, if my public, if my public destruction or fall was going to be so public in my eyes, my ascension or redemption or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it was going to be very public too, because it needed to be to impact. So the stigma that carries usually uh, affects those who a go into treatment. They want to do it quietly. No one needs to know. Uh, they hide it at home, maybe from family members even. Uh, till when you get out and you enter into some of these fellowships, I don't necessarily think it helps that a lot of these fellowships have anonymous attached to them. Yeah. Not that I don't think that someone can go get help and no one needs to know about it, but getting sober is the, the proudest thing I've ever done. And I've made it to the NFL. Yeah, It is. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. So I wear it as a badge of honor and I want to carry that. And I've found with this generation, like we talked about the why, this generation is more apt to shine a light on things, explain why this is happening and what I did to correct it. And I think that's going to help move the conversation and drag people along who are still wearing that, that anchor as a, uh, that we call stigma. Yeah. And it's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking about, well, how am I culpable? Like, what is my contribution to this? And I think treatment programs may play into this by really uh, trying to ensure that there's like privacy and secrecy for people because we can maybe be inadvertently contributing to the perpetuation of stigma by, by supporting this anonymity that people are really sometimes seeking. Well, I think perhaps. as medical professionals, you have to walk a very fine for line with HIPAA, the understanding yeah. of everything that goes on with that. But I think in those moments when you talk to them about, say, you want them to make them feel safe yeah. and secure, but you also want them to understand what you're doing is significant and it's something you should be proud of, all right? This is something that we, we watch cancer survivors ring the bell after their final. That's right. I mean, th these, are, these are public things. And if the continuation of conversation around this as a disease 
by making it public when you find, uh, you know, when you're in remission, um, I think that's a really positive thing. And it's something that should be championed rather than, you know, you know, silenced because it, it's viewed as something negative. We've said it before. No one, I use this as an example. A friend of mine who started a nonprofit uh, had a son who was dealing with substance use disorder. Okay. While another neighbor friend um, had a son who was dealing with uh, a form of leukemia. And the son and family that was dealing with the cancer diagnosis were brought food mm -hmm. and comforted. And the son that was dealing with uh, a substance use disorder, people um, talked about behind their back mm -hmm. and that wasn't the application to it. And so I think that, and, and I think where a lot of our conversations go here on the show is around stigma and trying to eliminate that. And that's a big part of it. And we're going to shine a light on it. Absolutely. But as a medical professional, I assume that it's got, it is a fine line to walk and navigate. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges that we've had in, in the field of medicine is really trying to figure out how can we reduce stigma. And we hope to do that by increasing ed education and having conversations about these things. But then when we also are in some ways asking our, our patients and the families that we work with to kind of remain in the shadows mm -hmm. as they deal with these things, it's, it makes it difficult for people to find connection with, with other members of the community who might be experiencing something like that. So I, I'm just, just kind of questioning what perhaps our role is in it as well. Well, I also don't think that there should be any way that you know, when someone comes in and, and fearful that somebody else may know for anybody to pressure them to say, hey, you know, Absolutely. That, so that, so it, like I said, it's a fine line. Now, in my case, as someone who doesn't work in the medical field, who usually is working with individuals as a sponsor mm -hmm. or someone as a mentor, I, I tend to land on the side of more tough love. Like, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I don't know, you know, when somebody says, I can't go to treatment, I'll lose my job. I'm, you're going to lose your job anyway. Mm -hmm. You don't understand it. I'll lose my family. You'll lose your family anyway if you don't get the help that you need. Yeah. And so everybody's going to know about it. Um, asking for help is the strongest thing that you will ever do. Say that again for the people in the back. Asking for help is the strongest thing you will ever do. I'm a big, strapping, strong football player. And me playing against uh, you know, the greatest, most physical defensive players in the world still doesn't make me as tough as what it was to when I finally could look myself in the mirror and say, dude, you need help. Uh, and I'm going to ask somebody for that help. So what do you think people who don't necessarily want to get on social media, who don't want to host a video podcast, <laughs> what should those people do uh, to, to reduce the stigma in, in maybe their lives? Well, first off, uh, you should do whatever you need to do to stay sober. If that's being an anonymity, by all means, I would rather you sober, safe, than find something that could be any bit triggering to yeah. give you something that would uh, affect your your remission. Absolutely. So um, if you're willing, and if you work in a recovery program, you usually have some sort of mentor, whatever that looks like in your fellowship. And my mentor simply is a gentleman that has over 35 years sobriety, who I, you know, you know, trust uh, uh, immensely, and so. When I went to him and asked him if this was something that I should do publicly, if this is something because of how public my crash and burn was, I wanted it, if I was going to do, to give, inspire hope, mm -hmm. if I could do that. And he was very honest with me. He just said, at any point, when we have discussions around, is this bringing back old behavior? Mm -hmm. is, this, is this applying to an ego that once was, is this more about ego than mm -hmm. it is about helping people? 
then there's a problem and there's a reason why you don't do it. Yeah. So we've had discussions about that. And when we're open and honest about it, that's allowed me to do it. I have to take um, inventory yeah. about why I'm doing something. Yeah. Am I doing this show so you at home can see me and see, hey, everything's great for Ryan. Let's make it about Ryan. Or am I doing this show yeah. with you because I need to be educated and I want to help someone who may be struggling like I once was. There are, there are uh, reasons of why you're doing it. And if you are honest with yourself, you understand why you would be public about your sobriety rather than not. So the first thing is stay in recovery, stay sober. Uh, if And if you have to be anonymous in order to do that, then that's fine. That's ultimately the number one, two, yeah. and three priority. And if part of your service is maybe uh, stigma reduction, you don't have to do it publicly. You could do it very privately with maybe a close friend. But to do it uh, with from with a spirit of trying to be of service to other people is kind of what I hear you saying. Yeah, and ultimately, the, one of the things that my sponsor told me, and those of you who are in recovery or who have been in and out or understand, he told me that the only way I can keep it is to give it away. And I, I didn't understand what that meant. And what he meant was, you now have this peaceful, unchaotic life because of recovery. And the only way for you to keep that is to give it away. And so now that makes sense. So the only way I get to have the life of my dreams, which is ironic because I thought the life of my dreams was playing football on Saturdays and Sundays or being a star and rich and famous. The only way I get to keep this life of my dreams that I have right now is to give it away on how I got it. And so that's why I do it. I think with that, nothing more needs to be said. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.